0: what's up soccer players on this episode of the soccer fitness experience we're talking about speed and power detraining so we'll talk about exactly how long it takes for you to lose your speed and power and how you can change your training to avoid this decrease uh, in your physical ability so i hope you enjoy the show let's start out very very basic will a six-pack help me as
1: a soccer player logically why pre-game meals are important if
0: Strength training is important. I don't care how
1: you do your strength training. I don't you know. Some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger.
0: Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Andy, with my man, man, Berg. Berg, how are you doing today, bro?
1: I'm good, man. I'm blessed. had a productive weekend, did all my cooking, Oh, Early during the weekend, I did my cooking. I usually do my cooking on Sunday. Now I did it on Friday and Saturday. So today was just a lazy day. You know, I spent the whole time watching the Arsenal game and Liverpool game without distraction. That was nice. But by the way, what's up with your team, man? It's, it's, what's going on it's with, with Teta?
0: Listen, you 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 came out with that intro. Now I am not only def- depressed, but I feel lazy as well.
1: Nah, man, I was not <laughs> as productive as you really uh, yeah, contrary yeah. to what your social media says um you know it's it's super productive
0: it's it was productive during the week but uh weekend was very very slow That's it's um, all, all right
1: you, you yeah, can't go yeah. hard seven days a week
0: and my calves were sore too they needed an extra rest day so um yeah yeah we chilling right now but um Arsenal man they stressed me out we're on break right now so um they're just they're just too
1: too stressful man like i mean I, I don't understand like the lineup they can't get any goals in
0: no no they can't get can't any get goals. goals even
1: today even today they had if there was 30 shot on target if they if they had 30 shots 30 shots all 30 was on target but the yep. that, that keeper there was amazing mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. him the one of the unspoken rule of soccer is if you if you if you if you shooting and you're not scoring the other team's gonna gonna score and that's exactly what happened
0: it's very very frustrating so me arsenal we're on break right now um (laughs) i'll come back to them when they're ready for me you know because why 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 stress myself like this 15th place really like yeah it's 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 bad as close to relegation
1: yeah, they they have they have like six like that six more They they have like they have till the new year and the spring to to recover. So we'll see how it is. Meanwhile, Tottenham is at the top of the table. It's yeah, something man. something that Arsenal fan can't seem to stomach for some
0: reason. They're fourteen places above us. Yeah. That line should never be
1: spoken. Mm. New era, new era, man.
0: I'm not about it. Count me out, bro. Let me know when you're ready. Same Same thing
1: with with, with Barcelona. It seems like the team is still in disarray.
0: No, of course, man. I was watching midweek. You know, I got lucky with with my current lifestyle. So, Tuesdays, I only work until 3 p.m. So, I can get home by 3.15, watch All-Champions League. And I'm jealous. On Wednesdays, I have a lunch break at 4 p.m so I could watch a little bit of the Champions League. So between the two days, I could probably watch about 60 to 75% of the Champions League every week. And it's been nothing but misery these past few weeks with Barcelona. It's, oh man, they stress me out too. They really, really do. Building, building. I, I was, building. I was counting of all things from this misery to be counteracted by Real Madrid, uh, hopefully losing a few games. You know, they were they were in the danger
1: zone yeah they were and then somehow,
0: somehow they they win they, they win
1: they bounce it right back
0: they bounce it right back and oh my goodness every single game they shouldn't win they win and if they should win they win convincingly and i'm like we need this dna in barcelona it just oh it drives me crazy
1: yeah they they out here looking for um, <clears throat> the the they looking for the next the next messi cuz they know he's on his way out Sadly, and it's not like he's playing, like, awful. It's not like he's playing awful either. He's just, you know, one man can't do anything <laughs> by himself. Yeah. When yeah, he comes yeah. to, it's like, you need, you need players around you, and he doesn't have that, mm-hmm. sadly.
0: Yeah. And he's still balling, you know, he's doing his thing, but he's not, like, he's not playing, like, ball on door messy right now, you know. He's, he's not happy. What do you expect him to do?
1: There's no, there's quality. There's quality around him, but you know those qualities are still young. You know they're yeah. not, they're not, they're not vet. They're not bad already.
0: Mm. He's like LeBron, you know. Yeah, LeBron you know LeBron's
1: been put against all these uh, rookies. You know, like he's he's like bad already. He's ready to yeah. kill somebody while those dudes, and they are still trying to figure out what their style is. And, you know, it's it's you know it's gonna take some years before yeah. they get into the groove. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's not we 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 we're very enough topic here we're talking about Barcelona and Arsenal today we wanted to talk to you about speed and power the residual effect of those training parameters, and how knowing this information you can use and knowing this information can actually help you in your training during the in season um you know what, Andy, like, it was, it was, it was kind of very interesting to, to actually learn about this because um, we know that in the past when I didn't know anything about strength conditioning, I know that if I work out, you know, if I lift weight and then I take, like, three weeks off by the time I come back, ooh, it's not the same. I'm sore and I can't lift the same amount of weight that I used to lift. Now, I used to think that only applied to just, you know, your, your strength, but apparently... That also applies to a bunch of other training parameters, such as aerobic endurance, anaerobic endurance, speed, power. All those have, like, it's almost like it's an expiration date. So, mm, to speak. Yeah. if you stop training it, there's an expiration date to it. And that's what kind of like what we wanted to um, talk about today, specific, specifically the speed and power detraining. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I like that analogy of an expiration date. Um, and it's almost like, so let, let's talk about D training just a little bit more. Um, do you guys know, like, let's say you're you're feeling really good at the end of your season. You're like, man, my skills are prime. They're they're, premier. they're the best I ever did. I can juggle maybe four five, six minutes in a row, no issues. And then season ends. You take two, three weeks off. You come back. And you try all these new skill moves that you learned three, four weeks ago. And you're like, man, I can kind of do them, but they're not the same no more. Not the same. They're not as crisp, right? And you know, deep down, like you could still do them if you practice it, but you, you lost a step, you know, and that, that analogy, it goes straight into strength and conditioning. Your speed, your strength, your stamina, your speed, endurance, your agility, all of that. It has an expiration date. And if you're not constantly refreshing your supply, it will expire. Yeah, yeah, and well, it will. It, it's almost like milk, right? You can still yeah. drink expired milk, but
1: it ain't as good. But yeah, if you wait good. too long, you might get sick. That's true. You know? So typically, um, the literature says, um, now, it, I, I'm basing that in a context of you had a. Um, off-season and a little pre-season you went through an actual strength and conditioning plan and then the season start now let's say now the season start you haven't done any power training or any speed training for for, for that matter how long is it gonna take for you to start to notice like a, a little decline in in those parameters those the speed and power parameter Where literature says it's legit between two to eight days Between two to eight days, I'm actually very surprised. I thought you have a longer window than that, but for speed and power, legit between two to eight days, you start to lose it. And uh, two to eight days, because you know it's not not everything is uh, like a concrete number. It's like a range. If you have enough um, experience, enough training experience in the gym, it takes a little longer to detrain. But if you're a beginner. You, know, you 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 likely might you, you you likely might see decline in power and speed within within 2 to 3 days if you stop training it. Yep. Sucks. That, that's
0: that's pretty accurate too, right? Because if you think of someone like Ronaldinho, right? If you say Ronaldinho don't juggle for 10 to 12 days, 2 weeks later he's still good. Right? He can still do everything he wants oh, with the ball, but if you take a sixth or seventh grade soccer player and you get them good at juggling, two or three weeks later, without juggling, they might be back to square one.
1: It's funny how those those kind of skill and, uh, and those parameters don't. It's it, they don't have the same um, stickability as, I guess, learning how to ride the bicycle. <laughs> If that was true, strength and conditioners, coaches, will they would not make any money. This is true. Yeah. Imagine imagine you learn how to juggle, and you never lose that speed. You never lose that that skill. It just stays there the whole time, never change.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's if you bring it back to the two to eight days, right? um, That doesn't mean you know your your pace is gonna go from ninety nine to ninety or it doesn't mean it's going to go from 99 to like 50 in two to eight days. You might go from 99 to 97 yeah, or 97 to 94, but every every week you're getting just a little bit slower, just a little bit slower. And that's important because in, in the game of soccer, everything's a fine margin, very fine margin. And that extra point or that extra percent, it can make the world of a difference.
1: You also mentioned before we started recording, this podcast today that not only that not training um, is going to actually affect um, your power and your speed, but there's also other factors that um, impacted as well. I mentioned earlier that your, your training experience plays a factor, but there's also like how, I guess what your schedule has been looking at throughout the week.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, let's say, I I guess it really comes back to not training will impact your speed, right? Because again, if you wait more than the two to eight days and you're not training max speed, you're going to get a little bit slower, but actually training your max speed and pushing yourself to the limits will temporarily decrease your current ability, right? So if I asked you to go ahead and run 10 sprints in a row by sprint 11, you're tired, you're slower. The next day you're still tired you're still slower and if you played a game the day before you're also tired and slow from that as well Mm -hmm. um so you have to look at the whole week and say okay when am i fatigued and when am i slower because of my training volume and Mm -hmm. when am i slower because i am not training and it's a little bit different the 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 decrease in performance from a, a neuromuscular fatigue standpoint
1: mm-hmm. versus not training. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, not training, but all oh, they, they, they also both go in the hand. You have to know that information of not training and how long it's going to take um, to detrain. And then you have to look at into your, you have to look into your calendar and say, Oh shoot. I have matched Sunday. We have this training recovery training Monday and Tuesday. And then we have this, we have that. Like when can I, I guess, ultimately put um, training, Um, when can I ultimately emphasize, um, prioritize speed and power training during the week? Because as we mentioned earlier, it takes about two to eight days. So if it's two to eight days, that means you have to train for speed and power every week during in-season to maintain it. Now now that you know that you have to do that every week, now when is the optimal time? Like Andy mentioned, you have to look into your, your calendar. So we answer that question. When is it appropriate to start training for power and speed during a week of a football season?
0: Well, I mean, you, you look at the week, right? And mo- most soccer players, they have one game on the weekend, a few training sessions during the week. And you can almost do one of two things. You can say, okay, I have a match on Sunday or Saturday. That's the most important day of the week. So we also know that it takes a, a solid, depending on the session and the intensity, it could take upwards of 48 to 72 hours to recover from that match. Right. Mm-hmm. So if your match is on Saturday, you can't train max speed or power on Sunday, Monday, maybe not even Tuesday, but, um, so now that that puts you at Wednesday. And if you have a really intense speed and power session, it's also going to take about three or four days to recover from that completely as well. So you're kind of only stuck with the middle of the week. If you want to bang it out all in one session, or if you want, you can take that same session you're going to do in one day, microdose it throughout the week. So now instead of doing one long session, you're doing a little bit on Monday a little bit on Wednesday, maybe a tiny bit on Friday. It's almost as a potentiation factor, which we yeah. talked about in a previous podcast for the game on Saturday. And that, that's another way you could tackle it. But it's very important to know that when you're done with that game, it's going to be very, very tough to train for speed and power. But at the same time, you can't train for other things right after that game, right? You could do a, you can do a strength session the next day. You could do an endurance session if you wanted to or a mobility session. Um, but it's, I think it's more important to know what you you can't train at the moment versus what you can't.
1: Yeah. I see what you mean. And the level of difficulty in arranging that kind of training gets harder the more games you have throughout the week. Now I start thinking about the professional players who not only have um, Champions League during the week but then midweek. But they also have Premier League or domestically at, at, at the end of the week. I'm wondering just how, how those guys plan their training out. That'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, and, and then I, I feel like at that point, it's you're almost relying on the data too because if you look at the GPS data and you say, hey, um, Leo Messi hit four sprints going 35 kilometers per hour. That's exactly what we were going to do in his speed session midweek. So he's good,
1: right? Oh, so you, but, won't, you, won't, need to, you won't need to do that anymore during the midsection?
0: Yeah. I mean, if he, if he hit his metrics during during the game, there's no reason to do a, a separate session for it. Oh. But at the same time, if you have, let's say, a midfielder who was doing a lot of agility work in the middle of the game, almost like, a, let's say you have Javi. Um, Javi mm-hmm. midfielder barcelona doing a ton of passes a lot of agility heavy possession game 80 percent possession how many times did he really hit his max speed during the game Never. probably never so he maybe he needs to do some extra work you know I see what you mean so, so that's when those
1: data tricky. those data become crucial to have because i yep. can help yep. you with, with with training load ah
0: or even, if you, if you kind of bring it back to a more common standpoint, let's say you're a soccer player for a local team, and you have one match per week on the weekends, and during the week you have three training sessions, and you feel like, hey, I'm really moving quick during my sessions, uh, I feel like I hit my max speed, what if you're only training on a quarter of the pitch? What if you're only doing 3v3, 4v4, 5v5 matches? And you don't have the space to hit your max speed. Now, what are you going to do? You know, mm. because you you have to accommodate that. So maybe a situation like that is a good opportunity to, to microdose it throughout the week and say, I'm going to do two sprints before every practice. And that might not seem like a lot, but you look back, you know, 10, 12 do that, weeks later yeah. and it, it adds up.
1: It's actually That's actually doable. If, you, if you're actually doing the training properly, you're going to train for max speed, max velocity at the beginning before, before practice. So you you do that training and you allow ample time to recover in between reps and sets. So you shouldn't be fatigued much for your training.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing I think is just allowing enough rest because I know sport coaches don't like it and most players don't like it either. It's just resting and doing nothing. Because you're like, I finally got time on the pitch, which is tough to get. And now I'm just waiting around. You know, it, it's tough to really recognize that your rest time is important. But please do.
1: So, choose the, the over-training is another thing that will impact your power and speed.
0: Yep, yep, for sure.
1: Train too much. Forget it. Every, every single parameters go down the drain
0: yeah because you're constantly in that state of fatigue and just like we talked about before to to recover from a truly like pr almost event like a a really intense soccer match it takes 48 to 72 hours and if you're doing that every other day of the week you're never at your best ever
1: yeah that's crazy so much it goes into strength and conditioning. <laughs> so it's a much
0: puzzle. It's a puzzle. It's a puzzle.
1: You used to think because it's not. It's not. It's, it's there's a science to it, but there's also uh, you have to take in, into account so many different factors, too. But anyway, that's all we had for you guys today. I don't know, Andy, if you're adding anything else to add in terms of the topic we ran into today.
0: Um, not really. Yeah, just know that your speed will decrease a little bit, and to prevent that. And as well as, oh, I guess this is also important. Um, By regularly training your speed, you're increasing um, the health of your hamstrings. And you're able to sprint more often at a higher capacity because your hamstrings are used to it, too. So um, that's another big thing, too, is that detraining. Imagine not being able to sprint for six to eight weeks, like if you had a hamstring injury yeah um that that's another thing to consider too is that is that's when we really start getting concerned about detraining is having that
1: compounded over a longer yeah, period any, of time anytime anytime you have an injury which i'm wondering when they when that's that that's off topic but when you when a player is injured and they tell you 68 weeks i'm wondering if it's like like a, a, a like Four weeks to recover from from the injury, and, and the other two weeks is to <laughs> is to um, get back your aerobic um, and anaerobic capability before you go back on the pitch.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure, but it's I'm always surprised too because.
1: But how fast they come back?
0: How fast they come back, and like how? I I really don't know if let's say they're not a hundred percent quote unquote, and they come back and they they look 100%. Maybe they're just like overperforming at the time. And even though they're only supposed to be working maybe X hard, they're yeah. they're surpassing that. And their body doesn't have a choice but to keep up with it. So I don't really know.
1: No, not a topic from another time. But anyway, in summary, guys, speed and power D training – um, that takes about between two to eight days. So that means during in-season, you, you really have to, like, um, train those parameters, like, every week. And uh, like Andy said, uh, to take into account your training calendar, your, your weekly calendar, and just see where exactly you can fit those um, into um, the schedule. Ideally, it's not, it's, it's not ideal to actually do it within, uh, within 20, 48 hours after. It's not within 20. It's not ideal to do this after you had a game. Like you have to wait a little bit of time so because you, you're obviously going to be tired and there's no way you're going to be training for speed and power when you're exhausted and you're trying to recover from a game. Um, so ideally that should be with that. That speed and power training should be done like midweek. Mid, mid-week or towards the end of of the week. Um, as you said before, um, working on speed and power, like I guess a day or two before the game, add a little bit of potentiation, um, which prime your nervous system for the game. Or if you don't have that kind of time, you, your schedule is even more congested, then just space it out throughout the week
0: you'd be surprised what two to three sprints before every practice can, can do for you in the long run.
1: Yeah, that's um, the other thing I noticed. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, a, a, lot of, I guess a lot of reps, a lot of volume. It doesn't take much. It's just, like, um, I, from what I've read in, in the literature, either between like a four to five, um, good quality speed, and power training does actually does the job. You don't have to like, get a lot of volume in.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah as as long as you're hitting and i'm actually pulling something up right now because i I think it's important to talk about this as long as you hit between you know 90 plus of whatever your max speed is um for a few reps i think you're solid and um if you guys play pickup or you're playing small sided games or any any practice or a game really any any lower than 9v9 you may think you're hitting your max speed during playing, but you're likely not. And I, I actually have some data um, from eight weeks last winter. And I, I have one of those those stats sport trackers where you can track your speed and whatnot. And if for context, my top speed is about 28 kilometers per hour. So ideally, I should be hitting at least 26 plus every training session. And if if I go out and train for speed, I will hit that. Every single rep, every single time. But if I go do pickup, here are some of my speeds from eight weeks last winter. Uh, 24, 20, 21, 17, 22, 22, 27, 23. So out of the the eight matches I played in, I only hit that max speed on one occasion just once. So doing, like, your matches in training, if they're not full field, and even if they are, they're likely not enough to get to that 90% threshold.
1: So I'm not hitting my top speed when my pickup game.
0: Nope, you're not. Sorry.
1: All right. Well, I guess I got to speed train during the week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could tell you're hitting your, your acceleration and deceleration. Oh, oh yeah.
1: Right? See, that's why my knee kills every time. <laughs> after, I, after, I, after I finish playing, then my knees are killing me after, especially when you play for like – you're playing like small-sided game for like two hours. Yep, yep. mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm it'll,
0: Yeah, it'll get you. It'll get you. Uh, all yeah, right, guys. Content.
1: That's all we had for you guys today. We'll see you next week for the next episode.
0: You got it. Peace.